0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Welcome to the program. Always great to sit in for Jim, be a part of the biggest and most important show in our industry. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you want to buy a home or refinance your current home, Rocket can. Jim is in the basement. You got to deal with me for three hours, but I have good news Jim is back on Monday. Hang in there. Hope is on the horizon. And hopefully by now you know, because I've been so lucky to, somehow, some way survive for a fifth year as a guest host. And I've been craned into the chair, which has been reinforced, so I will not be moving over the course of the program. The goal is to be clone friendly, but this is also a monumental opportunity. So we're going to take advantage of it hitting you hard with football we'll use the hall of fame game last night as a catalyst to go all in with the nfl sprinkle in just a touch of college football a little bit of baseball and a lot of olympics as well we'll marry that to the nba because all the moves you've been hearing about since monday become official today so there's a ton to get to and the goal always is to not overwhelm you with guests because I'm just that fascinating. Also, it provides more opportunity for interaction at 1 800 636 8686. Standard protocol when I'm here, one guest per hour and 40 minutes talking baseball with Joe Sheehan from RotoWire. Hour two, football talk with Josh Alper, profootballtalk.com will join us. Final hour, we'll check in with Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. I've given the phone number. It's iconic in the industry. You know it already. I want you, though, to use it today. And I try to be not only clone friendly, I'm transparent to a fault. And those of you who enjoy the back and forth on Twitter, say it with me BW Weber, Weber with two B's, always hit me up before I come in. And I'm not exaggerating that I got an avalanche of tweets, but. My small circle, and it's getting smaller and smaller, say, hey, man, read 37 tweets before you get to the monologue. If I do that, I'll be home tweeting with you. So we're going to strike a balancing act with the reminder, my flip phone doesn't work inside the Regal Studios here in Southern California. I keep looking for a Radio Shack that's open to service the phone. So you have to get past old man Ritz who is certainly already on mental vacation. Weekend started when he actually got up and shuffled into the studio. If I don't read your tweet, twit, 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 it's on RIT, RIT, RIT. Fading the heat is what we're doing there. We're going to have a ambition, an aim, looking to read some tweets in 20 minutes. But rather than peppering tweets towards RIT, we'll make it... Ritter and Twitter together. Don't send Ritter a half dozen tweets that aren't going to get read. Cobble them together and pick up the phone. It's not that hard. 1-800-636-8686. And yeah, since I'm a million-dollar idea guy, instead of Twitter, why don't we have a social media platform called Ritter, where it's all about chocolate, Swiss Miss, and folically challenged gentlemen who are 112 years old. And with that, let's get to the football. Now, if you didn't watch the Hall of Fame game, I don't blame you. And as I tried to articulate, I'm fairly upfront with you. I'm not going to lie to you. I watched the first half and then started flipping around because it was the first of a series of unwatchable exhibition games. Secondly, we knew coming into the matchup between the Cowboys and the Steelers, Dak Prescott was not going to play. Ben Roethlisberger was not going to play. So even if you had the old school cameo by the starters as a motivation to get you to watch, that was not the case last night. In fact, I thought the more interesting events occurred before the game as you had Jerry Jones yucking it up with Jimmy Johnson on Fox. Although I don't want to get that cynical, it was a nice moment. And you know the backstory. These guys were teammates together on an Arkansas football team that had great success a million years ago. Jimmy went into coaching. Jerry got rich. They came back together to build a dynasty that should have been much longer in Big D, but ego's gotten away, and they've had that rift for decades, back to the mid-'90s. But I'm told as people get older, they mellow. I'm still waiting for that to kick in in my personal life. Jerry Jones clearly has regrets as he should look at the course of the franchise and how it's progressed and actually imploded since he wouldn't allow Jimmy Johnson to continue as the head coach, because Jerry wanted more of the public adulation and he wanted to get the credit for the triplets and everything that happened on the field in big D well, finally it feels like they have found common ground and good for Jerry To do what should have been done years ago, if I'm going to find one thing that was a bit lame in his explanation as to why Jimmy Johnson has yet to be inducted into the Cowboy Hall of Fame, the Ring of Honor, it's that he wanted the Hall of Fame to go first, saying that Tex Schramm years ago came up with the notion that better to be a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame before you're de facto Cowboys Hall of Famer. but. That was probably the best moment of the entire evening. It felt like Sonny and Cher coming together back in the day on CBS. Peaches and Herb reunited and it feels so good. But if you were watching that game for takeaways about either team, that's a you problem. Because we know that exhibition football is the grandest scam in all of professional sports. What do you think those tickets cost in Canton, Ohio? Or better yet, if you're a season ticket holder, how much are you on the hook for for those games that you have no interest in attending, that you can't give away, but you have to pay regular season prices for them so you can have the privilege of writing a very big check for the rest of your season tickets and thankfully it's down to three preseason games for the rest of the league you play the bonus game when you show up in the hall of fame game but the only positive that was achieved last night was the return of football and thankfully now we can ride the nfl all the way through early february With a reminder, we now have a 17-game regular season. So what's the outlook for the Cowboys? And it would have been intriguing to see Dak last night just to get a sense of where he is coming back from the ankle injury that nobody talks about anymore, right? Remember, the majority of last year wiped out with the ankle issue. Apparently, that's 100%. Now it's the shoulder problem. I haven't seen Dak throw. You saw a little bit of video. On the generic training camp B roll, as we say in the industry, on all the unbelievably tedious training camp live programs. And I'm as guilty as the rest of you. And it's Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Hop aboard at 1 800 636 8686. Open for Twitter or Ritter. BW Weber, Weber with two B's. Just to demonstrate, I am a clone beyond the well documented aspect of not having any life. I watch these nonsensical shows where they have the whip around. Hey, we're live in Oxnard. Dak is on the field doing nothing. But shouldn't the Cowboys have a degree of concern? And if you were listening closely to Troy Aikman last night on the Fox broadcast, he said, without going all in... I think there might be more to the Dak shoulder injury. At yeah, Jay Glazer pregame, saying that the Cowboys don't have all the answers, and now they're consulting with the Texas Rangers, hoping it's maybe more of a baseball kind of shoulder issue. But put it all together, because the Cowboys finally decided to pay Dak Prescott what was a fair wage for a frontline starter. We're not doing the is Dak elite conversation. I got enough content. I don't need to go through Mount Rushmore's. And however you view Dak, the reality in the NFL is if you play enough years and you are serviceable, how about that as a low bar? We're not going with big words or major superlatives. If you are just a serviceable and for the majority of Dak's career, reliable in terms of showing up every Sunday before he went down with the ankle injury last year, if you can survive four or five years in this league, you're going to get paid. And the Cowboys should have paid him a year in advance before all the nonsense of the franchise tag and all the negative salary cap consequences that came with that. So if you think Dak is the second version of, say, Roger Staubach, you're pleased he got paid. If you have doubts about Dak like I do, I think if we're just going to evaluate him fairly, he's middle of the pack in the NFL. Not 5, not 10, not LeBron. Put him in the range of 12 to 15. That's upper echelon when you have 32 teams. Well, you hang around long enough, and we saw just how hideous the offense was without him last year. You're going to get paid. So I don't think the Cowboys have a DAC problem other than questions about where he is uh, physically going into the season. If you're looking to come up with real concerns about this team, how about the guy who got paid before Dak, inexplicably? Because Jerry Jones doesn't know what he's doing as a GM. Why in the world did he give all that money to Ezekiel Elliott with his documented off-the-field issues and the suspension? And we have seen a decline from Zeke unlike anything else that has been produced by a featured back in the history of the NFL. Take the suspension abbreviated season out of the mix. Beyond that, after he had the breakout rookie year, moving forward, every season has seen him go down in rushing yards. That's never happened before in a broad sample size for somebody who gets as many touches as Ezekiel Elliott. And it wasn't just a matter of, well, maybe he's hitting the wall as he gets deeper into his 20s. You can look at these numbers any way you want, but I'll just give you some of the ones that jumped out to me last year. Failed to rush for 1,000 yards. That's virtually impossible to do when you play 16 games in the regular season. Also, failed to average four yards a carry. Only had six rushing touchdowns. So if you want to play the finger-pointing game for the Cowboys it's much more about Zeke than it is about Dak and if you think that Dallas has a chance to be in the conversation to make a run at say the NFC championship game with the knowledge they have not even made a conference title game since the mid-90s. Trey Aikman ain't walking through that door he's in the booth. Michael Irvin ain't available to come through that door either. He's working the TV, and Emmett Smith has a long gray beard. Triplets aren't showing up on Sundays in the fall. But the Cowboys have to hope, given how much guaranteed money they've thrown away on Ezekiel Elliott, that last year perhaps was the aberration. But I think you are, what you consistently do. And over the last handful of years, Zeke has proven to be just another guy. Middle of the pack, I'll leave it to Fantasy Alvin to tell you whether you should handcuff Zeke and Tony Pollard in your draft moving forward. Isn't it interesting? Now that we're all consumed with gambling, somehow fantasy football isn't a thing anymore, right? I know it's out there. I know it's a way for you to avoid your family for seven or eight hours with your marathon fantasy football draft. But thankfully, from a content standpoint... I don't have to pretend like I care about fantasy football anymore. Birthdays, holidays, promotions, getting that last sprinkled donut. There is a ton in the world worth celebrating, but nothing is worth celebrating more than knowledge, especially knowledge that will pay off, like understanding how compound interest works, knowing how to check your investment professional's background, or figuring out your risk tolerance, or finally understanding all these terms that your friends keep throwing around like ETF, ESG, and ICO, Learn about these investment products and more at Investor.gov, your unbiased resource for valuable investment information, tools, and tips. Before you invest, Investor.gov. Another anthem that was played a million years ago when one of several versions of the Brian Weber Show existed, part of being canceled. Among them, a rendition that was produced by the great Garrett Ritz. I'm Brian Weber. Keeping the chair warm for Jim. Romy is back on Monday. And I know you just have to be saying, oh, another blowhard. I get it. I completely understand. Nobody can measure up to Jim's expectations, talent, delivery, content, creation, sensibility. So the good news is Jim is almost back on Monday. Hang with us. It'll get better, I promise. one 800 Some tweets coming up in 15 minutes. We talk baseball with Joe Sheehan from Rotowire and the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. And I'm just doing a little bit of baseball because at this point, other than what Jim decides to do, and Jim always has a balanced program, for many of you, now the NFL is back, even with Exhibition Football and the Hall of Fame game last night. It's all in with the National Football League, and college football will be our focus coming up in less than two minutes. I promise some tweets. I'm not better than you. I am a clone by definition. I have shared the story. It hit me again driving to work this morning. 18 years ago, I moved to Southern California. I was unemployed and living with my mother. Does that make me a clone? Listening to the Jim Rome Show every day, but I just want to get to a place where we have – Maybe some more phone calls or a lot more of me. Dear B-Web, we will not be reading tweets today. Do not accept any friend requests from me. This account has been hacked. Regards, old man Ritz, and every other elderly person updating their status on social media. Now, if you were on Ritter, wouldn't be any problems. We've debugged everything on our brand new social media platform focusing solely on The chocolate culinary delights, golf, and Propecia. Webs, do us all a favor. Give us a heads up when Matt in L.A. inevitably calls, so we can have a smoke, have a sandwich, make a call. Thanks, Mike and Snowbird. Phone lines are open right now. Matt can't find a line that works. We know that from the smack off. S.A. Sports Honk always reliable when it comes to quality content. What are you talking about? That Hall of Fame game was very watchable. Yours, the Olympics. Excellent forward promotion. We'll talk Olympics in 35 minutes to start the second hour of the show. I'm not breaking down Olympic hoops. Although, anybody surprised the Team USA finally woke up? My goodness, we all are just so desperate for anything that ventures into the world of a hot take. And I know what they failed to do in those exhibitions in Vegas. And I know they lost to France. And I know we're talking about Fournier and Gobert and Nicholas Batum. But just slow your roll. United States is still pretty good in basketball. And most of you never talk about women's hoops. You should. Even more dominant On the distaff side, as we used to say, Olympic talk coming up to start, hour number two. Let's squeeze in some college football. And I'm glad that my clock management skills work this way because it's been an interesting week. A recalibration across college football. And then things will ramp up with the preseason polls coming out next week. And in three weeks, we're talking about actual games in front of, depending on what part of the country you live filled stadiums and since it's all sec all the time wherever you stand politically and i'm not talking politics especially as a filling host but i can say with a high degree of certainty there will be filled stadiums in florida alabama and now texas of course is going to be a part of the sec and why not because the one thing that has been validated and confirmed if you had any doubt over the last few weeks is college football is nothing more than a cash grab. And I'm saying this, A, as a reflection of my own opinion, not any of my employers, because I'm damn lucky to be in the college sports media business, okay? So I don't need to jeopardize an outstanding role calling volleyball games just because you think that I'm being over the top calling out the greed of college football. But let's balance it by finally a little bit of equity for the players because NIL, not nil, nil would be the chances that I ever have my own show on CBS Sports Radio. I'm well aware of that. Name, image, and likeness. Remember for years we heard if the players get a stake of the revenue pie that it's going to somehow fundamentally ruin the grand old game? Well, since July... Money has been funneling through all of college sports. Has anything changed? And you hear, of course, about the big-time deals at Alabama and across the usual suspects like Clemson and Oklahoma. The average NIL payment over the last month since this thing kicked in was $900. $900 bucks pre taxes So has that fundamentally changed college sports in any way? other than it's been a small shift in the power away from college football coaches who now make close to $10 bucks. Alvin, have I mentioned I went to school in Palo Alto yet? It's 30 past the hour. My days in Northern California, when I was busy deciding I don't want to work for Yahoo or Google, I went to a junior college up there. My alma mater's head coach, total compensation last year, $8 million. Does that sound fair? Well, you could say fair is whatever you want it to be framed as, or they wouldn't pay him $8 bucks if the school wasn't making a lot more in total revenue. And that is accurate analysis. But I think there are coaches out there getting a little bit tight that, They may not have the same ability to berate their players because these guys now actually have something coming in via direct deposit that is legit, fair, and over the table. So when you have Ryan Day at Ohio State saying, maybe the money shouldn't be concentrated just in the hands of the skill positions. And he also went on to say recently that players should be focused on developing Don't worry about being a starter. We want you to get better. Sure. So if I'm hearing you correctly, coach, you're allowed to go from job to job to job, leaving players that you recruited, telling them, which might have been a lie, that you were going to be in their lives throughout the entire college experience. You can upgrade every few years to get a bigger deal. But a player can't have a thousand bucks coming his or her way per month pre tax because somehow that's going to take away from the team concept. So, of course, it's hypocrisy. As so much of college football, especially, is because that's where the money lies. Now, I don't want to be a bigger hypocrite than I normally am. Of course, I'm going to watch college football. And I'm so thrilled that we're going to have a real regular season as opposed to here on the West Coast when play only began in November. But I don't want college football to be a carbon copy. That is a contemporary reference. If you go to Ritter, we'll explain what a carbon copy used to be and sniffing it as it was handed out in homeroom in the eighth grade, getting high on your own supply. I don't want college football to be the exact duplication of the NFL. We know it's a feeder system, but at least we had a little bit of points of differentiation as recently as 15 years ago. Regional rivalries that made sense. A bowl system, while it was a farce, it enforced the value of the regular season. When we went to the playoff, a couple things happened. The rich got richer. As evidenced by, it's the same damn teams every year. You want the Vegas odds as to who's going to make the college football playoff this year? Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Stop me if you've heard this one before. What do you think is going to happen in the SEC when Texas, who's irrelevant in football, but a money-making machine and Oklahoma, join up with the Southeastern Conference? There's going to be even more of a separation. When we get to the expansion of the playoff, we're talking 12 regular season games, plus a conference title game, plus a quarterfinal, semifinal, and a national title game. I'm not good with math. We're getting close to 16, 17 games like the National Football League. So I'm not naive. My eyes are wide open. But it just strikes me, and maybe it's reflective of where we are as a society. I'm not going to get deep as a fill-in guy. We knew it was always about the money, but now it's just so crass and so overt and so focused on merely greed. In the process, we've already destroyed and are destroying so many of the things that made college football unique. And that's your sermon. On a Friday, we'll get back to the college football conversation, final hour of the program when we check in with Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. I do have an opportunity to squeeze in a couple calls prior to the top of the hour. If you want to slide in, 1-800-636-8686. Straight ahead, we'll say hello to our first guest of this fine program, focusing on the Diamond. With the recent marquee moves, did the Dodgers buy themselves another championship, even though they're still not in first place in their own division? Looking forward to our conversation with Joe Sheehan from RotoWire and the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. First, let's get you a sports update. Rich Ackerman has all the headlines. This is a metaphor for your business's journey. Sometimes it feels like the world is throwing everything it has at you, and to succeed, you need someone to guide you through. That's what Dell Technologies Advisors do. They have the tech advice to help you navigate whatever challenges you're up against and get you safely to where you want to be. Call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL and do more with modern devices and Windows 10 Pro. 1-800-636-8686. Hit me up on Twitter, which has become richer today because Garrett is screening your tweets. That is B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs, just one guest per hour. Enjoyed our baseball conversation in the first hour of the show with Joe Sheehan from RotoWire. Coming up in 40 minutes, we talk NFL with Josh Alper of ProFootballTalk.com. In 20 minutes, I'm going to focus on the quarterback position, trying to link Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. Which one of these things does not belong with the other two? Olympics will be the tipping off point of this hour of the program in just a couple moments. If you're just joining us, first of all, where you been? I'm only asking for three hours when the fill-in host is dropped into the chair, which already has the metal under girdings here to support yours truly. And I gave you the game plan at the start of the show, understanding most of you drift in and drift out. I love the support on Twitter during and after the program. But if I read 75 tweets, I'll be at home tweeting at the next guy. So we're looking for compelling content with the opportunity to get interactive. And I keep giving you this phone number like I'm a carnival barker. 1-800-636-8686. I'm not trying to sell you a warranty. And just a quick aside, who is answering those calls that this scam continues to go on? because I'm guessing that even if they get a less than 1% hit rate, it's motivation financially to keep going on and on. The only calls I get are from clones who figure out my phone number and somebody wanting me to renew my warranty urgently, and we gotta get this done today. So as I laid out at the beginning of the program, rather than peppering old man Ritt with 27 tweets that aren't gonna get read by him or Uncle Brian, cobble it together, and spit out a phone call. I'm demonstrating it's not that hard. And when you pick up the phone, clutch it as tightly as you can with two hands on the wheel. Let's get to the Olympics. For many of you, this is an update, breaking news. The Olympic Games have been going on for the last two weeks. Based on the TV ratings, about half the country is unaware of that fact. And we'll talk about... What's going on in that area? Also knowing that TV rating conversation is too inside media, but it is a barometer of general interest. But even if you've watched none of these games or have been unable to find events you care about or have discovered that, say, men's basketball is streaming behind a paywall, good luck with that. I think even casual fans will be excited by what's coming up tonight in the United States, tomorrow in Tokyo. Team USA on the hardwood, playing for gold once more in men's basketball, taking on France. Nicholas Batum, Rudy Gobert, and the newest Knickerbocker, Evan Fournier. Now, it was interesting to see the sky is falling content creation All the way back to when this roster of American talent, remember, Steph Curry's not playing, LeBron's not there. It's not even the best of the best, but certainly a lot of All-Stars. And if you have any team with Kevin Durant, as Brooklyn demonstrated, with no Kyrie Irving and James Harden, less 9%, you have a really good possibility of winning. And they got all the way to Game 7 against Milwaukee, and you know the rest of the story. But when this team seems sluggish, in those exhibition games in Vegas, and oh my goodness, lost to France in group play. Remember, international rosters are together for years. They play all these tournaments that you don't care about, like the World Cup of Basketball. So it should not have been stunning or surprising in any way that the U.S. was easing in the stuff. It's pool play, my man. Czechoslovakia, you zip in, you zip out. So I'm not pretending to be Dr. Naismith, but I had a pretty good idea that the United States would find their sink as we got closer to games that mattered. Over the last four games, they've been blowing everybody out by 15 to 20 points. And remember, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, who's been terrific. And I, I want to fact check myself. I was pretty tough on Drew. filling in for Jim a month ago. Based on just how inefficient he was shooting from the floor, did not give him enough credit in the NBA Finals for what he did to lock down Chris Paul. And you're seeing his impact defensively in the Olympics if you're watching. But they had to integrate Holiday and Middleton and Devin Booker. And it just took some time. Now, it did not help that Greg Popovich, whose act is tired, and he's in the twilight of his career. So, He's got no motivation to change anything, and this has been his brand for years, and when the Spurs were winning, nobody cared. Now he's just a curmudgeon who relishes in barking out the media any chance he gets. We didn't need to be lectured by Popovich that those of us who were wondering when the United States would come alive were somehow not giving their opponents enough credit. This was really a matter of These guys understand because they're NBA players that you don't really necessarily go 100% on a Thursday night in February. You show up in the playoffs. Same analogy in the Olympics. Now that we're in the area of the end of the two-week fortnight, an Olympic goal will be on the line tonight. Obviously, they have raised their intensity as they should. And I understand Olympic history. I know we got... We, Team USA, USA, got screwed by the officials in 72 when the Soviet Union won gold and Doug Collins still refuses the silver. I know what happened in 88, 2004, but I never bought for a moment. United States was not going to prevail and they could lose tonight. France is a good team, but I think we've seen from Durant, he has demonstrated once more, not only is he the best player in the world, Giannis is right there, I think he's going to walk away with another gold and separate himself from everybody else who's played for the United States. He's going to be the greatest Olympic basketball player, best shooter, certainly, we've ever seen. So the United States winning gold once more is normal, feels traditional, but that's about the only thing connected to what's happened so far in Tokyo that has felt like the old days. And the biggest difference was we knew what it was going to be like coming in. A reminder, and I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. You can slide in at 1-800-636-8686. Emails, Romanavatake.com. Twitter is an option. Tweets read selectively, more of them coming up in 15 minutes, at BWWeber, Weber with two Bs. When the announcement was made, given that Tokyo is still in a COVID state of emergency, that there would be just a smattering of fans. We knew it would be a radically different viewing experience. And it's one thing to watch an NFL game with no fans and the audio sweetened by a television production truck. Try watching water polo or team handball with nobody in the arena. Now that could be a me problem. And I will confess that I like these sports too much and when I'm not here, I'm lucky to be involved with a lot of these sports. I'm not going to have Alvin play all of the Thank wonderful God. moments in She's the past. But we will <laughs> acknowledge that I have been fortunate to dabble in things like water polo, softball returning to the games, the field goes hockey. Goes deep. When is bowling going to be an Olympic sport? Why not? Because we have Scriven skateboarding, an obviously, as must-see TV. And just that quickly. Just that quickly. When I saw nobody in the arena for volleyball, I was gone just that quickly. So that's one of the reasons why the ratings have tanked. And I gave you 40% in primetime. The numbers are down 50%. We have some NFL news that Garrett's going to give me the particulars on. Josh Allen getting paid in Buffalo, no surprise. I will do my best to pass along the details coming up. And really, it's going to be about the guaranteed money. We'll get there. Garrett's very excited. I have Olympic trivia to get to, okay? We didn't think Josh Allen was going anywhere. Question will be how much guaranteed money. And remember, Patrick Mahomes took less than he could have because he's trying to be, quote-unquote, a team guy. We'll give you the Allen details coming up, and we'll put it in perspective when we're joined by Josh Alper of ProFootballTalk.com coming up in 30 minutes. But the issue for the Olympics – comes down to a few things the primary broadcaster united states has failed to acknowledge it's not 1988 as much as i want it to be and i love that internet meme yesterday going through all of the unusual guest stars on miami vice and what do you know al bundy was a cocaine dealer back in the day the world has changed he played a cocaine dealer of course You cannot present these games the same way you tried to, even as recently as Sydney, would plausibly live. If I wake up at 7.30 in the morning on the West Coast and I know United States has achieved silver or bronze, I'm not sticking around for 14 hours to watch it on tape in primetime. And at some point... There has to be a radical shift in the presentation of these games or just the acknowledgement of what they are. The world has changed beyond technology. Tape delay doesn't work anymore. One of the Olympic events was finding all of these particular sports across 19 different platforms. The second issue is, and maybe this will be an old guy take once again, the games feel different. Because the United States does not have the same obvious opponent as it did years ago because of the fall of the Eastern Bloc. If you're talking about the 84 games, bad example because of the boycott, 88 games, right? And and Russia was going through its issues then domestically, politically. But it used to be, in a metaphoric sense, us against them with the idea that the Olympics will bring the world together. But if the United States was playing Czechoslovakia or Yugoslavia, there was a notion this was the West versus the East. And in some ways, these athletes were competing against each other to prove who has a better way of life. Or maybe it was just sold that way and I bought it as a kid. But the Olympics have become just another... Poorly watched TV show, unfortunately, with a great deal of pomp and pageantry. And in no way am I undermining the excellence of all these athletes, the dedication of a lifetime to get to this global stage. But I feel badly for them because we just don't care the way we used to. I think that's a byproduct of how we feel about much of what's out there in the content world if the olympics are now 40 to 50 percent over a five-year window from rio take a look at what your favorite tv show is down if you still watch tv i mentioned miami vice i think that's the last time i watched network television but it was better back in the day because don johnson then would go have a singing career heartbeat top five hit on the charts But whatever show you're watching, America's Got Talent, or actually I just watched CBS, of course. Whatever terrific show on CBS, the numbers are down 40 to 50 percent. Because you kids have a phone in your hand that's a TV with 5,000 channels. So don't go nuts about the ratings. I think the lack of fans, time zone differential, and the times in which we live are the real reasons... Maybe Paris is better coming up in a few years because it's closer to the East Coast and the visuals of Paris. We know 2028 will be well supported because it's here in Southern California. And Americans love nothing more than talking about themselves, especially when they're talk show hosts. Last thought on Simone Biles, because that'll be the lasting story from these games. And if there was ever the need, and I know there's never a need, it's a great luxury and a wonderful privilege to be filling in for gym but if ever i could have added any value i'm the only guy in the studio who actually is a gymnastics broadcaster so when i heard all of these inane takes and just utter stupidity from people who have no idea of what they're talking about simone biles was going through a crisis They call it the twisties in that sport. Same thing as the yips in golf, except if you have the yips on a golf course, you miss a putt and maybe don't win a championship. If you have the twisties, you can fall and break your neck. So she made the right choice undeniably for her own safety. She made the right choice for Team USA because her numbers were going to damage them, and they still got a silver. And if you think somehow the admission from an athlete that he or she – They are dealing with mental health issues is a sign of weakness. You're delusional and you're weak. And if you don't want to hear about it, well, then turn off your radio or television. Because another way of saying an athlete's dealing with mental health issues is a confidence problem and talk to anybody who's a performer. If Tom Cruise is having a bad day, he doesn't come out of the trailer But we don't know about it because there's no press conference. And I realize we have a connection to these sports because we played them as long as we could until 13 or 14, and somebody said, you're terrible. You're not going to make the cut for freshman basketball. But we have this emotional investment and say absurd things like, I cut off my left finger to play in the Olympics. Do you really think Simone Biles went to Tokyo with the mindset of not competing she just wasn't right that day like many of us aren't right many days and i'm from the generation that says rub some dirt on it you got to play hurt but just because we were told that doesn't make it right so i think the major takeaway from these games will be simone biles being honest being transparent doing what was best for her and her teammates, and you can have your own opinion. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. And the facts are and were, she was in no condition to compete that day, and we'll see what she chooses to do down the road. But if you're calling out somebody because they're dealing with their own personal issues, you got a lot of issues that you should be dealing with yourself is an option, but we're approaching that with selectivity. B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs in 15 minutes. We talk NFL. In addition to what I'm going to cover presently, we'll bring in Josh Alper from profootballtalk.com. Hopefully by now it's clear I have a roadmap. Don't just come in and say, hey, fellas, what are we doing today? And I was going to address what I thought was unwarranted, and bizarre NVP hype surrounding Matthew Stafford. But the beauty of being live is breaking news. Dun, dun, dun. And I mentioned in passing, I saw it out of the corner of my eye, my good eye, like Sammy Davis Jr., about 10 minutes ago, and now we have the details. Not a surprise because we knew Josh Allen wasn't going anywhere. The only question was, Going to come down to the details of the contract extension coming off the rookie deal with the Bills, and he got paid in a major way. Adam Schefter, Chris Mortensen of ESPN teaming up for these details. Six years, 285, 285 million. Don't worry about that. Anytime you hear an NFL contract, the only figure that matters is fully guaranteed, according to this report, $150 Guaranteed to Allen, and if you're interested in the competitive breakdown of marquee quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes' mega deal, signed a year ago, was reported at, remember these unbelievable numbers? It's 10 years, a half a billion! Again, dig deeper, look at the guaranteed money for Mahomes, 141 guaranteed, and... Allen surpasses that at 150. Mahomes, there's a lot of tricky escalators and voidable years, and I did not get into radio to be an accountant. I can barely do my own taxes, so I will not try to be B Web CPA. That was a failed pilot that I showed up for a couple years ago. It didn't get picked up on the WB. So what does it mean? Well, a couple things. It's a validation of what Josh Allen has done in the NFL. And I got to give him credit because I have a decent memory. That's my monkey trick as a host. I was filling in for Jim a few years ago on the path to the draft. And I may or may not have said, I'll have to check the a track when I get home. Josh Allen's going to be a bust in the NFL because he is wildly inaccurate. How'd that take turn out? Well, at least I'm being transparent with you. And the question marks surrounding Allen were, did you think he could make the transition from Wyoming in the Mountain West and you didn't watch him play much in college, nor did I, the greatness of Laramie, did you think that Allen, even though he had a giant arm that was always well-documented and even though he was a specimen at the Combine, He had a lousy completion percentage against inferior competition at Wyoming. Did you think that he could improve in that critical area in the pros? Because most guys don't. Allen took the time to work with the right people, did all of the individual work in the offseason, and now he has complemented that massive arm with a much more cerebral approach. You also think about what Brian Dayballs meant to that offense, and that's a nice partnership between a tremendous talent and a gifted coach. So, Allen, not going anywhere. We knew that. Now we know the particulars. If you're a Bills fan, feel good about that because you know about the future of your franchise, and there's nothing better than a billionaire Whether it's an individual or a family like the Pagulas in Western New York saying, yeah, we just don't have the dough to build a new stadium, so we want your public money. We want the corporate welfare. And, of course, this is an association, and you start with a major ask. The problem for the city fathers and mothers in Buffalo and the rest of the municipalities that are going to get involved with this, the county and the state, comes down to this because Mark Davis got such a great deal from Nevada. And if we're just thinking about things you never thought you would see, like me not forecasting Allen to be this good in the NFL. I just didn't think the improvement was going to happen on the job. And that was a bit of speculation based on a large sample size. I couldn't think of a comp. I couldn't think of somebody who came into the NFL and got better in their precision. Allen proved me wrong. But did you ever think that we would be projecting Mark Davis to be the business genius of the National Football League? We know he's got the sweetest haircut in all of professional sports, but because Mark Davis got such a great deal from the folks in Nevada, fortunately no parking, so if you're going to go to that glittering new stadium, you better walk down the strip. But because Davis got so much public money, the next owner in the stadium shell game inevitably was going to ask for a comparable donation of your tax dollars if you live in New York State or that county. Hard at work to pay for the Pagulas' new glittering new stadium. So that's your concern if you're a Bills fan. Forget about the division. Buffalo's still the class of the AFC East. Going to be fascinating to see what the Patriots do under center how long cam newton can stay healthy is mac jones going to be an alabama quarterback that bucks the trend of guys doing fabulous behind their pro offensive line at tuscaloosa and then absolutely doing nothing in the pros but the future for the bills now secure under center the question becomes what about the future of the franchise will they be playing in buffalo In five years? And if they're leaving, where are they going? Because the NFL shell game is running out of destinations. You're hearing Austin, Texas. Should be San Diego just so we can all go to a San Diego Super Bowl again. But Josh Allen getting paid in a major way. And we'll connect it to the opening monologue. If you are even in the middle of the pack as a quarterback in the National Football League, you're going to make a ton of guaranteed money. If you're perceived to be top five-ish, and you would put Alan there based on what he's done over the last few years and want to see more, you're going to get mega bucks. Well, let's credit the news cycle because you did not need me going on a rant about Matthew Stafford. I can do it in 30 seconds. And I know we're all looking for new angles. And if you talk about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, your national show could be simulcast. The audience gets full I can understand why people went down the Matthew Stafford road thinking that he's going to be rejuvenated, escaping from Detroit, the latest John Carpenter film. Matthew Stafford has never won a playoff game. Matthew Stafford has never, it appears, taken the conditioning part of football seriously. Matthew Stafford had good weapons around him in Detroit. Calvin Johnson's getting enshrined in Canton, Ohio this weekend. So we just are supposed to forget about everything that happened in Detroit and just say, well, the Lions are going to lion because they haven't won a championship since 1957. Anybody on the Rams roster would be an upgrade over Jared Goff. I get it. But the notion somehow that Matthew Stafford was going to reinvent himself in L.A. always seemed to me to be total nonsense. And now you factor in his best running back, Cam Akers, has already been lost for the season Don't you think that's going to make that transition to the Rams offense even more challenging? So if you were inclined to put down a buck or two on a MVP futures bet, I'm sure you were smart enough not to go down the Matthew Stafford road. And we're just slotting the quarterbacks in that division. Russell Wilson won. I might go Kyler Murray, too, with a combination of skills, Stafford 3, and then whatever's going to happen in San Francisco. And it really feels like the Niners now are showing all of that public love towards Jimmy Garoppolo just to drive up his trade value. We know that Trey Lance is going to be the starter sooner rather than later. Good night,